Welcome to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast from Houston, Texas. We hope you enjoy our English pastor, John Ryan Cantu's Sunday morning message. They put it in action, that's right. Amen. Uh, this morning, I want to I wrap up our series. We've been in a series for the p- past few weeks called Got Vision. And uh, we've been, you know, been talking a lot about, obviously, vision, having vision, and, and what it takes um, to get to the place that God is, is calling us to. This is going to be our last message. If you miss any of those, please, please, please go back. Listen to them on the podcast. You are an important member of this body. You're important. You believe that? Like, if you're a member of this church, if, you, if your family, you, your family, you guys are important to this ministry. I, I notice when, when someone hasn't been in a while, and all kinds of things go through my head, man. Like, what did I say last Sunday that, that offended them, right? Um, are, are they still in the ways of the Lord? Or the worst one, did they go to another church, right? And, I'm, and so I'm, I'm, I get in my own head, and I do my best to kind of reach out if I haven't heard from, from, from you in a while. But if you're here today, I want you to know, man, I, I love you. I love you. I, lo- I want you to know that you're important to this ministry. You, you are. You're important to this ministry. You matter. So grab on to this vision. It's yours as well. These, these messages that we're talking about, it's not just me just talking nonsense. I, I'm trying to impart it on the members of this, of this church. You are this body. So grab a hold of the vision. Get involved in a ministry. And let, let, let's do something. Amen. So I want to end this series with a the, with the look at the people of Israel. Fresh out of Egypt, God has... A plan for Israel, just like he has for us. He knows what he wants them to, to do. He knows where he wants to, to take them. And he's already parted the seas to get them to this point. So you know that God is pretty serious if he's done that, right? And, and maybe God has done something remarkable in your life. And, and he's just waiting on you to take the next step. Maybe God has already done his part. You know, a lot of times we, we call out God, like, God, why is this taking so long? God, uh, when, when is going to be my moment? When are you going to do it? And God's like, I already did it. I'm waiting on you. When are you going to do it? So if you have your Bibles, Numbers chapter 11, turn with me there. Numbers 11. And we'll begin reading verses 1 through 6. Numbers 11, 1 through 6. And it says this. And the people complained in the hearing of the Lord about their misfortunes. And when the Lord heard it, his anger was kindled. And the fire of the Lord Lord burned among them and consumed some outlying parts of the camp. Then the people cried out to Moses, and Moses prayed to the Lord, and the fire died down. So so the name of that place was called Tiberia, because the fire of the Lord burned among them. Now the rabble was among them, had a strong craving. And the people of Israel also wept again and said, Oh, that we had meat to eat. We remember the fish that we ate in Egypt that cost nothing. The cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, the garlic. I'm getting hungry. But now our strength is dried up and there is none at all but this manna to look at. Amen. I've entitled today's message, Why You Mad, Bro? Why you mad? Tell the person next to you, why you mad, bro? You mad, bro? You know, the journey, the journey to the destination it's, it's, it's not always easy. Amen. Have you ever been on a road trip, a long road trip? It's not, it's not easy. You have to deal with being sleepy. You have to deal with, if you have kids, kids complaining and whining in the car. It's not easy. And especially when you're moving with such a large group of people like the nation of Israel, you're going to have some resistance, right? That's why we're, we're never going to have a president who pleases everyone. 
That's why the, the, the CEO or the, the president of, of, the comp- of the major corporation that you work for, they're not going to be able to satisfy every shareholder, every, every employee, every pastor. Can I just speak for myself real quick? Every pastor or leader will not be able to satisfy everyone. I'm not going to be able to satisfy everyone. Today after church, we're, I'm having a meeting with some of our leaders. And let me tell you, man, every, every single time I schedule a meeting with my leaders, I have to go into this season of prayer. For this specific, for the specific meeting, my God, please don't let them hate me when we walk out. God, please don't let them hate each other. Don't 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 let us get mad at each other. I know it sounds really silly, but man, churches are ripped apart at meetings, <laughs> and so I believe that I have to pray over them before we even get there. And so Moses, we're looking at Moses. He's at his tipping point because people are complaining. They're complaining. They're complaining to God. They're complaining to him. They're complaining amongst themselves. And th- this is after God, through Moses, again, parted the seas, delivered them from Egyptian captivity. And, and they're saying, well, at least in Egypt, we had something good to eat. How many of you would have said, bro, just go back to Egypt. Like, I, I, don't, I don't need this. I don't need to babysit you. If you don't want to be here, you don't have to be here. And the Bible says that as they continue to complain the lord became angry he was he was angry at their complaining and so this added pressure to moses and so i want to read what what moses prays to god verse 11 that same chapter it says why have you dealt ill with your servant and why have i not found favor in your sight that you lay the burden of all these people on me did i conceive this people did i give them birth that you should say to me carry them in your bosom and nurse as a nurse carries a nursing child to the land that you swore to give their fathers. Where am I to give meat to all this people? For they weep before me and say, give us meat that we may eat. I am not able to carry all this people alone. The burden is too heavy for me. If you treat me like this, kill me at once. If I find favor in your sight that I might not see my wretchedness. This is pretty serious <laughs> for him to say this to God. God, kill me. I want out. It sounded good. In the moment when the bush wasn't consumed and I saw your glory and you were calling me to something, it looked good. It sounded good. It sounded good when I was before Pharaoh doing all these miracles in your name. But now here I am and it doesn't look so good anymore. Now it's not just the people that are upset. You got the the leader ticked off. He's on the verge of quitting. And you might read the story and think, man, these These are the people that saw this huge victory. You know, they're they're going places. God delivered them to take them somewhere. This is God's chosen people called to inherit a land flowing with blessing. What's going on? It's the journey. It's the journey. You're, You're listening, right? You're listening this morning. It's the journey. It's your journey that you're on. Everybody's on a journey. That's why it's not easy. That's why it's harder some days to get up than others because you're on a journey. That's why it's hard to to stay positive because you're on a journey. And the journey is never easy. In your journey, you might see hope on the other side. And you see it. You see it. But first, you got to walk through the hopelessness. And you might see that little sparkle of light in the distance, but you have to walk through the darkness before you get there. The journey. And can I, just, can I just tell you something this morning, church? The only thing that is going to make matters worse when you're experiencing troubles. Listen to this. I, I need your attention because this applies to every aspect of life. Whenever you're going through a situation in your life, the only way to make it worse is by complaining. 
If you have a spirit of complaining, your troubles are going to be magnified. They're going to look bigger than what they, what they really are. Because you're, you're zeroing in on them. You're looking at them very closely and like, man, this is a massive problem. And it's not that big. Now, we all know that we all know the fruits of the spirit, right? We, we know what the, 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 the spirit filled man or woman should produce. We know that God gives us self-control, patience, joy, peace, goodness, things like that. Complaining is not in there. Right. Because complaining isn't from God. And a lot of, you know, a lot of people complain. They, they, they put complaining on the front lines. You put it on the front lines. That's, that, that's like priority number one. I'm going to complain in any moment. And so whenever something less than ideal happens in their lives, that's the first thing they do. They complain. And even when something good happens, because complaining is on the front lines, you're still going to find something to complain about, man. A complaining spirit is always hungry. It's always looking to be fed. So it's always looking to complain to something. That's why you have some people, man, they, they complain about everything in the restaurants, right? You know those people. You have, some, you have someone that, that they, they always have something to say at the restaurant. I was talking to Melissa the other day, and she brought, she brought up this to my attention. She was like, babe, we're like the best customers ever. Like, waiters have no issue when it comes to, to us. They can, they can mess up. They can take forever. They can, they can be rude. Well, that's kind of where Melissa draws the line. But, but they could be the worst waiter or waitress ever, and, and we're still going gonna to be all right. We're not going to complain to them. We're not going to ask to talk to the manager. That's just not our style, okay? And, and sometimes, because we're so good, I'm tempted not to tip. Like, I'm like, this was, this was enough. I, I do tip, though. Man, getting judgmental looks from everybody. I do tip, all right? But you have other people that go to restaurants, and if their mashed potatoes are touching their chicken, you're going to send it back. With an attitude, right? If you pour water into my, my Sprite, oh, forget it. We got people say, oh, I was too hot. Oh, I was too cold. Oh, I was too noisy. It's too quiet. And even when everything is good, there's still, there's still a but. There's still something to complain about. And God is trying to do something in your situation. But because you're so consumed with what you see, you fail to see what, how things could be. You're looking at your surroundings not even looking at what God wants to take you to because we're complaining. The Israelites spent 40 years in the desert. Did it have to be 40 years? I wonder. Did it really have to be 40 years? Because if you read through the story of their journey, all you see is people complaining. People turning their backs from God, pouting to God. People feeling sorry for themselves. When God is just trying to take them to the promised land. And I take a look at my own life and, and some, some of the things in my life that happened in the past and how I created delays for myself. And how had, had I just stopped complaining? Had I just stopped comparing my situation to others and, and myself to others? And had I just stayed focused and on track to where God was trying to get me to, I would have been there sooner. We will never get to the place God wants us to get to as a church if we don't replace complaining with action, church. Never. We need to switch our mindset from why am I in this mess to how can I get out of this mess? In Numbers 20, verse 5, the Israelites asked Moses, why did you bring us up out of Egypt to this terrible place? Why? Well, we have no food. We have no water. And then again, the next chapter, now, now they bypass Moses. Now they're asking God, God, why did you bring us out of Egypt to this place in the wilderness to die here? 
And they ask the same thing in Exodus. They're always complaining, man. And, and so here in, in this chapter, we, we find a, a frustrated Moses, and he's asking God, God, why have you done this to me? Why have you called me? I don't want this. Why have you placed me with this annoying group of people to lead? And all they do is complain. All they do is criticize me. And now Moses is the one that's complaining. What, what if we just switched our question around? And instead of asking God why, we, ask, we say, okay, God, I am in this situation. How do you want me to proceed? How do you want me to get from here to there? What if we did that? All of us ask God why. Why, God? Why am I in this mess? Why, why, can, I, why can I be successful? Why, why is my marriage suffering right now? Why are my children away from you? Why, what's going on here? Why, God? What if we just switch the question around? Because all we do when we ask God why is we just delay the, the process of progress. That's all we do. I want you to think about that for a second. Because why, why do you ask God why? To gain some understanding. Right? That's why you ask God why. God, why am I in this mess? You want some understanding. But God is not a God who's always revealing understanding to us. I don't know why that surprises us. This is a God who commands faith. This is a God who commands trust. He hardly ever tells us why. Because if he told us why we're going to experience all the situations that we go through, then we'd be leaning on our own understanding. But the word of God says, trust not in your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not in your own understanding. So why are we so surprised when we don't get an answer from God when we ask him why? What if we switch the question around? Because all, do- all we're doing when we ask God why is we're asking him a rhetorical question that he's not going to answer. David asked it all the time. If you read the Psalms, why do you hide your face? Why do my enemies oppress over me? And even if you read it, I think it's in Psalm 13. He says, God, answer me. (laughs) But he didn't get an answer from God. Why? Because God usually reveals his purposes after. Someone say after. He reveals his purposes after you've gone through the situation so that then you're able to see his glory when it's all said and done. And then you're going to say, oh, now I see it. Now I get what you were doing there. Man, you're sneaky, God, but I see it now. I see it. And, and I'm, I'm glad that I trusted you because, because my faith was, res- was refined. My trust in you was refined. It was made stronger. So instead of asking God why... Because we delay the process, instead ask him how. God, how do I do this? How do I get my children back to you? How do I restore my marriage? How do I change up my, my business plan or, or my process so that I can be con- successful? How? Earlier I said that this, this church, if you're a member of this church, you are important. And I believe that you are so important. You make up this church. You are the body. You're not, you're not an external part of this church. You're not an external part of this church. You're an integral part of this church. Think of yourself as that. Just like the, the, the decisions that, that are made in your family affects you, the decisions that are made here will affect you. Think about yourself that way. You are important. And if we as this body don't work together through the periods of, of trouble, we're never going to get to a place of flourishing. If we can't get through the, the leadership transitions, if we can't get through the, you know, the mistakes that, 
that leaders make and church members make. And, 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 and if we can't get through the summer months, right, where the finances go down a little bit because people are, are, are on vacation, that's just how it goes. If we can't get through these seasons, we're, we're always going to have hard times, always. We're never going to move out of them. You look at some of those, those, those thriving churches, right, the ones that are making a huge impact on their city. They're reaching people with the gospel. They have, they have an immense amount of people working for the church, people that are committed to the church. Those thriving churches are not thriving because people are hopping over to those churches. Long before they had church hoppers going over to their churches, they had a group that was an integral committed, loyal, devoted, mature body of believers who joined together that said, we're going to get out of this desert and we're going to go into the promised land. That's what we need. That's what we need. Our church has been around for a while. We've been around for a minute. And we've had periods of flourishing. We've had periods of, of not so flourishing. And, and um, we've definitely had periods of complaining. And during those periods, you have people get offended, right? You have people leave the church. You have people stop working. This is not just our church. This is most churches. This is, this is probably as, as common in the church as, as the common cold is. It's, 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 a, it's an issue facing the church, but we have to devote ourselves to get past it. Because even when our circumstances are less than ideal, look, that, that's not where God intends for you to stay. God wants more for us. He wants more for you. I believe that for this church. The word of God says, and, and John, greater things we will do in his name. Greater things we will do in his name. He did some pretty great things, but greater things we will do in his name. If we do it for his name, I believe that everything that we do here is for his glory, for his honor, for his name. I believe that. So I have a right to say that greater things are coming for our church, but we have to move into it. We can't keep looking at, at what's, what's not working and, and just, just beat wallow in our, in our failures. We can't do that. we got to stop complaining when we feel the growing pains. The Bible says that God was angry at the people's complaining. I tend to think that he was annoyed. <laughs> I think he was annoyed. You know how you know, your kids annoy you when they complain? Layla can complain, man. She can complain. When she's in a mood, complaining queen. Just works my nerves. And you know what's even worse is when you do something nice for them. When you try to be nice, you try to buy them something, you try to take them somewhere, and they're still complaining. Like, you just want to, I don't know, I, I, won't, I won't say it. <laughs> you want to spank them. I, I, I told you, I, I think I told most of y'all the story um, about my parents who bought me, they bought me that boat for Christmas, Right? They bought me a boat one Christmas morning. I was thrilled when I saw it. It was like perfect Christmas. And I went and I, and, and I ran towards it and I, and I sat down in it and I started rowing back and forth. And I was like, this is so awesome. Like, like can we take it in the water tomorrow? I was already making plans for, for the rest of the year. Can we take it in the water? My, 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 parents, my parents said, oh, it doesn't go in the water. And my whole demeanor, my whole face, attitude, my excitement just went. It just, I got angry. I got a little, What? How are you going to buy me a boat that doesn't go in the water? It's a, it's a boat. What is this, right? And, you know, they, they were just, they were trying to do something nice. I bet you they were probably so excited when they saw it at the store. that oh, he's going to love this. And when I saw it, I, I complained because it didn't go in the water. 
to this day, I, I think that my complaint was rightly justified. But <laughs> besides the point, but you, here you have God who takes these people out of their bondage to lead them into a new and better place. And they complain and God gets angry. But God doesn't like it when you complain. That's, that's a very, that's a very simple message. That's probably something you can tell your kids, but I think it's something we also need to tell adults. God doesn't like it when you complain. It does not glorify him. So when you're complaining, wives, when you're complaining to your husbands, husbands, when you're complaining to your wives, God, it doesn't honor God. It doesn't honor God. God, that, that is not a fruit that is produced by the Holy Spirit. God doesn't like it. And he's trying to do something. He's trying to do something in your journey. He is working in your journey. And yeah, you might be on some rocky waters right now, but it's only because he's trying to get you to the other side where it's better than where you're coming from. And you're over here saying, no, I don't want this. I don't like this. It's too hot. I'm getting motion sickness. I I hate this. Take me back. God just wants you to be quiet for a second and let him be God. I want to close with just a final question. Are you, are you still waiting on God? Are you still waiting on God to, to move mountains in your life? Maybe you are. Maybe there's something that is out of your hands. You're like, God, help me. Help me. I can't do this anymore. And God is like, no, no. I have given you power. I've already done my part. I've already moved the mountains. I already parted the seas. That's what he did for Israel. I already parted the seas. Now I'm waiting on you. But we got to stop complaining. We got to get moving. We got to keep moving forward. We got to start asking more productive questions than why. God has more for you, man. He has more for this church. He's given you a vision, but you have to move into it. And I wanted to preach this message just to kind of close everything up because, again, I believe that this, I believe that this ministry is going places. I, be, I believe it. I believe it, man. And, and, but we're not going to get there if we just stay put. We're not going to get there if we don't walk towards it. And we're not going to walk towards it if all we're doing is just looking down instead of looking in front of us. And the same, the same is true about, about your life, about your household. We talked about King Hezekiah last week, about how he, he, he said, I do not accept the current condition. I don't accept how things are. I don't accept this mess that my ancestors put me in. I'm going to do something about it. And that might be you this morning. Where you're overwhelmed. Or you're frustrated. Or you're just, you're so sick of of being tired. And you're you're tired of being tired. And you you want more for your life. You want more for your family. God has already parted the seas. God has already been God to you. Move into it. He's waiting on you. I'm going to ask that we stand this morning. (laughs) Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Can we close our eyes this morning? Right now, my God, I ask that this word, Father God, sit in our spirit, Lord. That it may just sit in our hearts, Father God. That it just marinate in our minds, Father God, so that we can meditate on it, my God. That we, can, that we can remember it, Father God, when we, we begin to, to complain, my God, and, and we begin to, to just whine, Father God, about the current condition, my God. I pray that you remind us, Father God. You remind us 
that you've already done your part. You've already been God to us, my God. I pray that we can get to the more that you have in store for us, my God. I pray that, that you have put it in our reach, my God. I pray that we can grab it, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. If you're here this morning, I'm going to ask you to continue. Thanks for tuning in to Primera Iglesia's weekly podcast. Join Pastor John Ryan Cantu every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For directions or more information, visit us at primeraiglesia.org. We'll see you next time and hope you have a blessed week.